good to be here together in the house of God. It's good to be here to be challenged and encouraged. Today, as I said, we are going to look, start looking through the book of 1 Thessalonians. So over the next six or seven sermons, we will be digesting the book of 1 Thessalonians. So I do encourage you, let's read it uh, together. Let's read it, um, if you try and read it through even once a week, um, you know, so take a, a chapter a day and then take a couple of days off because there's five chapters and then read it again the next week because it's just good to get, um, to get it into our hearts and our minds. It starts in 1 Thessalonians um, by saying, Paul, Silas and Timothy, we're going to read the first chapter together today. And it says, To the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by the hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only uh, in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has also become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it. For they themselves report what kind of reception you give us. They tell us how you turned, in, uh, turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. May God bless the reading of his word. See, this is an encouraging passage. This is where um, he starts. He starts, and this passage shows us some good models of how we can positively influence other people. Because they went into somewhere where they'd never been before and just started sharing the love of God. And you see, the thing is, God has chosen us at this time to be in this area, to share his love, of, to share the love of him. So we can relate to this because there's a lot of people in this area we don't know. There's a lot of relationships we haven't yet formed. So Katie and I, it's an exciting time for us because we've just moved into a new street. So we've got new neighbors. And already, even um, yesterday, I, or not yesterday, sorry, Friday, I was sitting talking with one of the neighbors and he brought it up and started talking about faith, totally unprompted. So you see, everywhere you go, there's gonna be opportunities for you to speak the love of God, for you to be a witness as to who God is and what God has done. Because you see, the thing is, God has given you the journey of your life to this moment. So you've progressed through your life, whether that's been through hardship or through plain sailing. You've been going through life and you've been learning lessons. And you see, that God wants to show the world 
what he can do through someone who is opening and listening to him. So it doesn't, in essence, matter how broken or how together we feel, because God can use that. God can use all of that. See, in verse 5 and 6, it says, See, in the middle of your troubles, you accepted God's message. So in the middle of the troubles of life, in the middle of the storms that we have to go through, do we accept God's message or not? It's a journey of discovery. The hope, even in the darkest hour, even in the darkest moments in life, we can still find hope. We can still find the life of God. We can still find the likeness of God. I remember in Jeff Lucas's book, um, he even describes that whenever he went down to ground zero after 9-11 happened, he said that even in the middle of that point of suffering, even in the middle of all the mourning that was happening there, as America as a nation grieved because of the loss, that he even found God there. He even found hope and love there. He found people constantly gathering together and praying, just on the street, just as they greeted each other. Find businessmen and uh, businessmen actually greeting homeless men who they previously stepped over on the way to work. They were actually greeting each other and finding hope and purpose that they actually survived through what had happened. So the thing is, as we look at our lives and we look at the brokenness and the hurting and look at even the good things in our life, all of that can be a pointer towards God. All of that can be an image of God and one of the aspects of God and who God has called us to be. See, people get a depth of understanding because they've been through things. And you and I get a depth of understanding of God as we go through things. Whether, we, whether it's happening to us or someone we love, we get depths of understanding. If you look at even the Apostle Paul, look at what he went through. He was a guy who grew up in the church. He knew all about the church. He knew all the doctrines. He knew all the rules. He knew everything in his head. But it didn't actually, and he was so zealous about the rules and about the meaning of the rules that he didn't know the maker of the rules. But then he had a moment where God impacted his life and his life was transformed forever because he had a moment that meant something, a moment that um, actually he realized who God really was, that he wasn't some distant, uh, distant creator but pointing the fingers, making rules, that he was actually an intimate God that loved him passionately, uh, an intimate God that actually loved us so much that he sent down Jesus to provide a way to heaven for us. See, he had all the experience, but he didn't have any heart knowledge. He didn't have any depth of understanding in his heart. So as his life, you know, as his life was influencing so many others, he went round and he was so, he actually was persecuting Christians. He persecuted people that did actually have a heart knowledge of God. And if anything, he, he was even more zealous because he didn't understand the heart knowledge that they had because their lives were transformed. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it, it, we can even see that image reflected in today's church, where so many people, they know about God, but they don't know God. They don't have that personal relationship with the loving God, but they know the rules that we're meant to follow. You know, so, oh, that person's committed adultery. 
That person's, you know, committed fraud. That person's done this. That person's done that. And we look at the evidence in people's lives and we say, you know, how's that, good? How's that a good image of God? But the thing is, do they know God in their hearts? Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they try their best to follow the rules because that's what they think they're meant to do, to be a Christian. Whereas we know that we're only saved by the grace and mercy of God. It's not about the good things we do. It's not about the bad things we do. It's not about how much success we've had in life or even how much failure. It's actually about God. See, we aren't called to have theology degrees. We're not called to know every single doctrine that's in the Bible. We're not called to understand that. We're called to follow God only. We're, we're called to be in God's presence. Now, yes, we've got to wrestle with things. Yes, we've got to try and make sure that we are living a, a, an image of a life that reflects God and who God is. But it's okay if you don't know all the, all the stuff in the book. Even now, I'm learning daily more and more of what it means to be a follower of God in the struggles and in the good times. You know what, we're called to know him and know him alone. So do we know him this morning? How well do you know him? Because Jesus even warned against this. He said, there's people who's going to be out there doing things in my name. They're going to be out there doing good in, the in my name, in the name of Jesus. But they'll come to me and I'll say, go away, I don't know you. That's a scary thought. You can serve God your whole life and not actually know God. You can do all the right things, but not actually know him. That's a scary thought, isn't it? And we have to face that together. We have to go, okay, God, is my, is my hands clean? Is my heart pure? Am I coming to you and building my relationship with you? Or am I just doing the right things at the right time? So people can people will see. That's where we need to investigate our hearts. In John three, it actually talks about this. It, and it's it's com it's verses which is common to all of us. John three from verse sixteen. And I said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through him should be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds be exposed. But he who does what is true comes to the light that he may be clearly seen that his deeds have been wrought in God. So whenever we are, whenever we are doing stuff with the right motives, with the right heart, with, the, with pureness, we firstly start with forgiveness. We always start at that point of forgiveness because we always have to be forgiven for the stuff that we daily do wrong. Every single one of us will daily make mistakes. As, as much as we try to follow God, now obviously we'll, we'll go through seasons where we won't sin as much, where we won't make as many mistakes. 
But there's some seasons we go through where we do make mistakes. But we won't let them mistakes judge us for the rest of our lives. We come to God and ask forgiveness. We come to God and say sorry. We keep a clear and open relationship between us and God. It's a bit like any, any marriage or any relationship we have. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be hard work. Sometimes you're going to ask for forgiveness for the silly things you do. And I have to do that regularly. I'm sure Katie will attest to how many silly things I do. And I'd have to come and say, sorry, I didn't do that. Sorry, I should have done this. You know, we, we, we all go through periods where sometimes we're going well. That's why even at the start I said, sometimes we come into church feeling like we're crawling. Sometimes you come into church feeling like you're flying, feeling like you're soaring like an eagle on top of the world. And it doesn't matter. The, the thing is, we need to keep coming to God. We need to keep an open relationship with God. That's why Jesus came. He didn't came so that we would live good lives. He came so that in the midst of all the troubles of life, we'd still have him. We'd still be journeying with him. But we don't need to stop. We don't just stop with finding forgiveness. But we need to let the light of God permeate every area of our lives. So even in our darkest hour, we still have the light of God in our life. Even when we're making the mistakes, God is there with us, encouraging us to, to, you know, to persevere, to hold on. Because it's not about getting it right. It's not. It's actually it's about following God. You know what? We're all going to struggle to follow the calling that's on our lives. We're all going to struggle to step into that. Sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's harder, but it's a struggle, it's a battle, because if it was easy, everybody could do it, but it's not easy. That's why our lives need to be exposed to everyone, so that they can see that we're not a bunch of people that have it all together, we're not a bunch of people that have it all figured out, we're a bunch of people that are broken and hurting. We are, we're a bunch of people that struggle Sometimes we even struggle in our faith. Sometimes we struggle to know, God, are you really there? That's how hard it can be sometimes where you just go, God, I just can't see you. I, can't, I don't know your presence at the minute. It feels like I'm in a dark place. And you know what? That takes us back to our original passage in verse 5 and 6. Because it says, because the gospel came to you, not simply with words, but also with power with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. They allowed people into every area of their lives through the suffering and the hardship of life as well as the good times. And that's what makes a big difference in this world because to be honest, a lot of people out there are hurting. They are broken. They don't know where to find God. They don't know where to find this hope. They don't know where to find um, any meaning in life. So they look and sometimes because we don't show the pain, because we don't show the journeys we've been on, because we don't show the hardship that we face, and we try to put a good face on things, we try to always look our best. Because of that, people don't see God in us because they think we've got an easy life. They think that we, you know, we, you know, we've never faced hardship, so how would we know how they feel? Because you know what, life is going to be painful, life is going to hurt. 
But you know what? This is why we need to live in the light of God. This is why we need to allow our lives to be an example of in the middle of this pain, in the middle of this suffering, in the middle of this hardship, I see God. You know what? It was actually amazing. I read a book years ago and it was about the life of St. Patrick. And, um, and it actually was um, saying that as he lived his life, he basically didn't try and kick out all of their old ways, all of their pagan ways, all of the ways, their godless ways. He actually came to them and tried to see the God that they could see through what they were doing in their life. And he tried to explain to God in, uh, God in ways that they understood. So for instance, I had a guy a few, um, well, a few months ago now come up to me and start talking to me about... Um, basically about being prophetic, but he wasn't using those terms. So he was basically saying about how he understood things about people's lives, and he was able to share secrets of their lives, but he didn't know how he knew the knowledge. So he, he had a prophetic gift, but he didn't know how to use it. But the thing is, the language he was using, if you didn't understand, if you, if you didn't look at it from his perspective, because he didn't know church language of being in the prophetic, you would have thought he was maybe even possessed or maybe even he had some dark influences on his life just because he wasn't using language that we as a church understand. So this is why um, I think we all need to be careful as we go out to look at things from people's perspective, from the people that we're talking to his perspective, because they might use language that you maybe don't understand because they're not talking in church language, because they don't understand church. Most people outside of church don't know church anymore. They don't know what it really means to follow God. They don't know what it, they, they think it's just somewhere you go on a Sunday or somewhere you go once or twice a week. It's a good social place. That's what they think. Or they might even think we're a cult or some sort of thing like that. Honestly, people just don't understand it. So this is why we need to be so careful and we need to let our lives, let the pain and the good times be on display for all the world to see. In the middle of our struggling, we need to find God and I'll say to God, basically, have your way in my life. It's not about being good, it's not about the, the bad times, but it's about following God. Because that's what the apostles did. When they moved into the neighborhood, their lives were on display. They befriended people, they showed them, and they let their lives be a model. They let their lives be on show so that they can actually be godly examples of this is what it means to follow God. See, what we set up and what we run and what we do with our lives, what we choose to invest our lives in, can make a massive difference in lives, can make a massive difference to the people that we get to know, to the people that we allow to get to know us. You know, most good things in this world actually originate in church. The education system, for instance, that started in the church. It started with Sunday school. It started with people teaching people how to read so they can see, the, see God in the Bible. That's where it started. You know what, the health service, people didn't have anywhere to turn. It started in church. They used to come to the church just to try and, uh, and, uh, try and you know, find some hope in the midst of their suffering. In the midst of the troubles of life, they, they turned to the church. You know, youth work and kids work and stuff like that, it all originated in church. It all started in church. And to be honest, a lot of it's coming back to church now that there's so many cuts. You know, the government tried to take it on and tried to run stuff. And now 
they've had to make so many financial cuts that you know what to be honest the church is basically the only organization in the uk actually doing youth work again actually doing work with people so we're meant to address the white elephants in the room we're meant to as christians be there to actually help people in their darkest hour and in their their best hours we're meant to be an example to the people that nobody cares about to the people to the people that are ostracized in society to the people that don't have a voice we're meant to be a hope to them we're meant to be a voice into their situation saying i know you can't see it but this can be good that god can use this for good this is how god did it in my life so god can do it in yours so people who um, struggle with alcohol addictions or drug addictions or anything like that we can pull alongside them and say i've had my addictions i've had my situation that i've been through there's hope at the end of the tunnel keep going i'll journey with you and show them the light show them the life that is in you that's why we use our hearts for good that's how we use our life for good it's not we're not shouting it from a distance we're by their side encouraging them and that's how we're going to make such a big difference in this area that's how we're going to transform this area life on life and they will have encounters with god by seeing you you declare god is good even in the middle of the darkest hour you can still say god is good so don't make your suffering private don't make your life private don't hide away in the darkness don't try and hide away from the calling which is on your life because whenever you put your faith in god god said follow me he said go into all the world and tell people tell them tell them what i said teach them to obey everything i've commanded you that's what he encouraged us to do but if we're not in the world with our lives on display if we're not showing people light and love how are they going to know how are they going to find out you can't rely on me to do it because i'm only one man i can only do so much i can only let my light shine so much every single member of this church it's all of our duty to let our lives shine so that people can find the hope and love of god it's every single one of us needs to take that so if you've hidden your life away in the past if you haven't let your light shine even in the darkest hour you know what i encourage you come into the light start opening up again start sharing again and yes if you open your life up to people sometimes you will get hurt by people that's the truth sometimes whenever you let people in and you're vulnerable with people sometimes you will get hurt but in the middle of that even that hurt you can still trust god and show the love of god you know you show this world what people can do with a mess like you and with a mess like me we can show the world what people uh, you know what god can do through someone that's surrendered to him through someone that gives their life to him you can let god inspire others through your weakness because what did god say i am strong in your weakness that's where my strength is that's what he said so as you feel weak as you feel like exposed and in the light in front of people in front of your friends in front of your family in front of the people that see you make that mistake again as you feel exposed and as you feel 
vulnerable. Just praise God. Thank God. Show, show the love of God in the middle of that painful place. If you need to say sorry to God that you have hidden away, come to God today. Pray to him with an open and honest heart. Say to him you're sorry for hiding. Say to him you're sorry for not confronting um, things in your life that you needed to confront. Say you're sorry for not um, for, 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 for making mistakes, but say you're sorry for not only making mistakes, but for staying in the place where the mistake was made. The mist staying in a place of guilt, staying in a place with no hope. Instead of going, in spite of this, I'm going to follow God. That's what we need to do. We need to say, in spite of what I, the mistakes I've made, I'm following God and I'm choosing to follow him. Let your lives be on display for all to see. Come to God and receive his forgiveness today. Because we ultimately have the hope of going to heaven. We ultimately have the hope that after this life is over, we get to go to heaven. We get to go and be in relationship with God. We get to live in perfect harmony with God. So death is just a transition for us from this life into our eternal bodies. That's the hope that we have. So ultimately, in essence, the worst thing that can happen to us is the best thing, which is death. You know what, we need to die to ourselves daily and choose to follow God. It's a choice. It's a choice whether you let your life be exposed to those around you or whether you try and protect it and hide it away. But if you have nothing to hide, if you have nothing to fear, you can let your life be in the light. You can let your life be an example to all. It's not about getting it right, but it's, a, it's about getting it God's. Give your life to God again. Every day get up with the knowledge that God is for you, not against you. That God will fight for you and with you as you go through this life. Let's pray together. God, thank you for the inspiration of your word. God, thank you that you are amazing, that you love us so much beyond any, any doubt, beyond any hope, beyond any reason that we have, God. You still show us your grace and mercy. You show us your love and your hope and your compassion. So God, thank you for that. Thank you, God, that you have loved us with an everlasting love. So God, let us follow you every day let us know your hope and your witness god thank you for all that you're doing in our lives so god we just say come and have your way more and more god when we've made mistakes help us come to you god and find forgiveness in jesus name amen